Welcome to episode 26 of Something Inventive, a very friendly bunch. Al and I are joined by seasoned podcaster and Mac enthusiast Carl Madden to talk about the latest iteration of intelligent tracking prevention from Apple. Carl also advocates that every business should get into podcasting or video, and I completely agree. The sponsor for this episode is ticked-off.com. Well, we have a guest on our show, Carl Madden, uh, who's kindly, uh, I've guested on his podcast a couple of times, and I thought I should really invite him over to this side of the table. So thanks for coming on, Carl. Do you want to just briefly introduce yourself, um, but we'll talk a little bit more about what you do in terms of podcasting later on? Yeah, my name's Carl Madden. I'm uh, I'm a, shall we say, seasoned podcaster now. It's been about five, six years, I think. Uh, And I do a Mac-related show called The Mac and Forth Show. Um, You should probably find it in the podcatcher somewhere. And we basically talk about Apple stuff and technology-related news and things. Yeah, and it's very good. I met Carl back in, oh, was it last year at um, Mm. a Mac podcast meetup for the Connected podcast. Um, at the Big Chill Bar in King's Cross. And, yeah, um, basically a bar was involved. So, <laughs> <laughs> And you you and I think it was Steve and another guy um, were a very friendly bunch. And I was all on my own. And I looked across the room and there you were. So I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll just go and bug these guys. And uh, mm. yeah, we had a good conversation, actually. Good evening. Mm. Yeah, they normally are good meetups. These, I tend to find, um, this never used to happen before I came over to, to Apple, but whenever there's an Apple-related meetup they're normally quite friendly events mm-hmm. so did you not find that in pc world well i never went to any <laughs> i never knew of any to tell you the truth you know what i i seem to agree with that i mean i use pcs uh, ever since i was a child all the way through to um probably eight years ago now and maybe slightly more than that and uh i didn't while i read a lot about um pcs and i was into the PC format and, and the internet and looking up about stuff. There was never really any meetups. I didn't feel part of a community. Um, mm. Maybe it's because I've, I've fallen a bit more into the community with Mac and I got more involved in stuff. Um, but you're right. For me, certainly the community wasn't there. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's not, don't, you know, it's not all open arms and everybody's <laughs> hugs and it's not a loving or anything like that. But they tend to be... Uh, it tends, it seems, just seems to be a community. I mean, some people can poo-poo that, fair enough, but I've always felt quite welcome whenever I've gone to these events. And, and like you, Ben, I, I tend to go, I have gone a number of times on my own. But uh, I normally get involved because someone normally always walks up to me and go, Christ, how tall are you? <laughs> yes, <or> seven. <laughs> you can't so that normally, <laughs> No, that normally starts a conversation. So. <laughs> yes, and you, you suggested a good beer as well, which helped. <laughs> yes. I can't remember what it was. It was uh, was was it one from America? It was actually a lager, wasn't it? Uh, from America, I think we were drinking. Very nice. I'll try and I'll try and remember what it's called. Wasn't it Brooklyn's? I can't. Yeah, can't seems to remember. It's actually a local. We've got a local called the Duck uh, in Ewan, and uh, it's uh, they do they do it there. So I remember it very well. Mm. It's good stuff. Um, Al is hiding in the background. You heard him chuckle there. Um, just before we go on, um, what I want to do is just follow up on a few things from last uh, last month. Now, I was just having a bit of preamble with Carl, and uh, he was shouting out our podcast while I was listening to it, uh, because Al and I both can remember a film. Uh, what was the film called, Carl? <laughs> Surrogates. Surrogates, yeah. I think Al did get it in the end. Um, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I Googled it, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Very good film. But that was the film where they are essentially 
using avatars to do their go about their business in daily life so they can get away with anything. Um, yeah, very good film, actually. Starring Bruce Willis, and I don't know who else. Was it? Maybe you know Carl? No, not off the top of my head. Uh, I can't remember now. It's a long time since I saw it. Um, and the other film that we... We were talking about a futurist um, from a talk we went to, and they mentioned this city, this futuristic city called Wakanda. And again, you were shouting at our podcast, <laughs> and the film was The Black Panther, um, which I found out later. I've not watched it yet, but I, looking at the trailer, and I'll link to that in the show notes, it looks really good. Um, Just the effects are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Just, I, I watched the clip on it earlier, actually, and there was a really great um, uh, comment in the YouTube comments. Just says, let's make Wakanda great again. <laughs> <laughs> Last month, we were also talking about responding quickly and how that uh, the quicker you respond, the more likely you are to have a meaning, meaningful conversation, whatever that may be, whether that's a sale or, you know, getting together with someone. And we talked about chat apps and actually on a website, that's probably the quickest way uh, over and above sending an email form that you can get in touch with someone who, who needs your attention or needs some help right now. Um, responding to that and from some research I did for a client I've written a blog post pulling together my my thoughts on the subject and listing out the five favourite chat apps that I've been through uh, we haven't used all of them but um, Olark is the one that we've used um, have used in the past and have recommended to a few other clients so I recommend you go and have a look at that you can go to our website ratherinventive.com and it's one of the latest blog entries our favourite web chat apps so that's worth looking at um, before we move on um, we've got a couple of interesting topics to get today. I want to look at intelligent tracking prevention, which is a, a new feature launched, um, or it's an addition to, the, to a feature launched um, for Apple computers and iOS devices. And then we want to dive into um, Carl and Mac and Forth and find out a little bit about how he started podcasting, why he's still doing it after all this time, yeah. uh, and then a few other bits and bobs. But before I dive into that, I just want to do a quick sponsor, and this is uh, Ticked Off. TikTok will help you promote your startup or small business online with our simple step-by-step process. It saves time by providing relevant marketing information when you need it, and it saves money by sharing market-tested ideas to promote your business. Now, here's a testimonial from Andy from houseplansdirect.co.uk, who's been using the service for a while, and I asked him for some feedback, what did he think about it, how could we improve it, and this is something he said. I found TikTok to be really useful so far. It's great to have a resource to refer to for various marketing elements that I should know more about without having to trawl the web and read three or four articles which may or may not be relevant. He goes on to say, the format allows me to work through things at my own pace, which is really helpful as a small business owner. Looking forward to seeing what's next. Thanks very much for that, Andy. So if you're interested, if that sounds like something that could help you, you can sign up for a free seven-day trial at ticked-off.com with just your email and absolutely no credit card. And as usual, if you want to extend that to two months or maybe a little bit more if you're really nice, you can just get in touch with us, mention us on Twitter, however you want to get in touch and we'll extend your account for you. Ticked Off helps you be the boss of your marketing one task at a time. Okay, intelligent tracking prevention two. Now, this is quite a technical topic, and I don't, I don't know how, how technical we're going to dive into it, but I, I'm going to just introduce it with what, why is it relevant to marketing and web development? Well, for me, I go around and I help a lot of businesses, and some part of that help is to do with advertising and helping them set up advertising campaigns and tracking, tracking people through coming in from an ad campaign, maybe bouncing off uh, and around their website. And that's really useful for us because we can understand um, 
how many people are coming in and whether they're doing what we want them to do, whether they're interested in the pages, whether they're interested in um, signing up to something, or most interestingly, if they're not interested in it. So we can then use that to make the website better, make our advertising better, so it's more effective and more useful to them. Um, I certainly don't want to put out crap advertising. I think that's a waste of time. And I certainly don't want to stalk people and use that information for potentially nefarious purposes. But having some way to identify uh, groups of people coming to the website and moving through and doing something is really useful. Uh, now, Apple have released this thing called Intelligent Tracking Prevention. I believe this is like a second version of it. Uh, the original was launched, was it back in September 2017 as part of the last iOS car? Yeah, I think so. It goes back to definitely to last year. That's right. And uh, if I remember rightly, what it was trying to do is restrict access to tracking cookies on a person's, on a user's computer, if they weren't accessed very frequently. And the crux of it is that if you um, if you went to Facebook and it dropped uh, a local cookie on there, and then you went across to another website which had a tracking pixel from Facebook on there, if it would block that cookie if you hadn't accessed Facebook recently. I think within with after 24 hours, it actually block access to that cookie and it would wipe all cookies um, relevant to that if you don't access it. Um, all third-party cookies, sorry, if you didn't access them within 30 days. I will put a link to a recap um, of that because uh, I've probably got it a little bit wrong, but a recap of that in the show notes. Intelligent Trapping Prevention takes it a little bit further. It was only recently announced that they're at Apple's developer conference, but it will be actually uh, announced and released fully in their new iOS and macOS releases coming at the end of this year in September probably. It's quite interesting. Carl, can I put you on the spot and see what your th thoughts are on intelligent tracking prevention or the new uh, additions to it? Well, as a user, obviously, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite in favour of them, obviously, because they're a reaction to what certain advertising companies, big conglomerates like Facebook and Google were doing. And they, it wasn't just that they were trying to surf as adverts, which is, you know, in itself fine. It's the fact that they were trying to nefariously, supposedly track us wherever we went mm. and then sell that information onto other parties for whatever reason they might want. Oh, look, this person's interested in camper vans or something. I don't know. Um, and it just it just got a bit much. It is, if it was one or two adverts, that's fine. But it was like virtually covering the pages of entire sites at one point it got ridiculous so apple and certain other developers started to fight back by mm -hmm. blocking various things and making sure advertisers never got that information back so we've sort of gone now probably too far maybe again we'll find out when ios 12 is released might have gone too far the other way because obviously for the web to be free as it exists today someone has to pay for all these services for all mm. these people that it employs mm. And it's not going to be us. <laughs> We're not going to pay every time we go to a site. Yeah. And that's for darn sure. So advertising has to play its part. But it's whenever there's a pendulum, there's, there's a problem. So we've gone from one extreme where adverts were ruining the internet to the other extreme now where everybody's demanding some kind of protection. And I think eventually it's going to find it's somewhere in the middle is going to be where we need to live for to move forward because you know i understand that someone's got to pay for this stuff yeah. and advertising has to show their wares and sell their wares so everybody's got to live in you know some kind of harmony with each other it was just going too mad uh in one direction i think it it is um 
And I, I think some of the reasons they've been doing this, I, I'm sure there are strategic reasons that it gives them an edge because they're uh, quite a big player on uh, on the internet. They actually don't have the biggest browser share, Safari, that is, uh, or Apple and Safari don't have the biggest browser share. But I believe, certainly on iOS, they the most money flows through that browser. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, they, do re- they do represent you know pretty much everyone with a, an iPhone, don't they? Uh, yeah, they go, who's willing to drop a thousand pounds on on a small bit of tech tech equipment that they have with them? So yeah, it it, it does. Um, I think I, I think I read somewhere recently it was about eleven percent on the desktop market, but I you know I'll check that and amend it if that's different when uh, when we put the show notes in. What Apple are doing now, they're extending this intelligent tracking prevention uh, by preventing what they call fingerprinting. I don't know if that is a mm-hmm. term in, known in the ad industry, but that's what they're calling it, fingerprinting, where they're basically um, advertisers or stats companies are able to pull together information or try and identify people based on various things like fonts, your screen size, and various other bits of information they can, that JavaScript can glean from your browser. Um, I knew it could collect some information like what browser you're using, what operating system and so on, but um, didn't quite realise it went to such lengths. It's quite quite <laughs> fascinating. And what they're trying to do is um, is reduce that down and give a sort of a simplified mm. configuration. Um, and it actually, there's a quote from uh, Craig Federighi, who's Apple's Senior Vice President of Software Engineering. Uh, he's the, the one with the hair. And he says, as a result, your Mac will look like everyone else's Mac. It will be drastically more difficult for data companies to identify your device and track you. So I think they'll be able to use that information for presentation purposes. So to dress the website to to fit the content, but they won't be able to use it enough to identify individual people or small groups of people. Uh, and this is really to help stop uh, comment boxes, these Facebook and Twitter and Instagram comment boxes um, that are able to track you around the web and, and help serve these ads. So that's the, the, the gist of it. I heard about digital fingerprinting uh, a few years ago on a podcast called Security Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fascinating because I never even considered it. Yeah. It's the amount of data that your browser is was willfully given away and the ability for these sites to track you just based on 16 bits of individual data and basically get you down from an audience of possibly millions and millions of people to one person. I mean, they don't know who you are. They just know it's that machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Which is good enough, but they know that machine is interested in X, Y, and Z. And that's what they want to know. So when that machine... Um, is on uh, on a particular website on oh, sorry on Facebook, then they can show the appropriate ad in their stream, and that sort of thing. So I can to- I, I totally understand why they want to and have been doing this. And it's not just Facebook; lots of other companies no. do it. Um, so I totally understand why. Um, but Apple want to shut shut that down. I think, as they said, they want to stop stop that. As you said, uh, Carl, we're not sure what um, implication that that has for advertising going forward. It's not something that we want to stop. Because many podcasts, um, not not like ours, because we kind of interestingly sponsor it ourselves, but many other podcasts are sponsored by advertising, and we get a lot of value out of that completely for free. Um, same with websites, blog posts, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's certainly something not we don't want to stop. Um, mm. Now, I know you sent me a link earlier today when you knew we were talking about this, um, and I think you'd mentioned it on a previous Mac and Forth about how ad companies were upping, up in arms or, or whinging about this because it's going to hit them. It's going to hit, you know, it's going to change their practice of, of how, they're, how they're earning money. But I couldn't find any articles that actually mentioned real losses. Now, maybe it's too soon yet. I mean, there are predicted losses and estimates, 
but there was nothing where it said actually we have lost this amount of money or we've had these this change uh, i don't know if you've seen anything like that carl where it's actually mentioned specific value amount no only that thing i sent you said 22 percent ne yeah. negative impact i mean again I it doesn't mean anything when they say things like that. Yeah, really. what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a good statistic because it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't connect to anything. Um, but I, I'll be maybe it's too soon to find that out. It's might it may be something that after a year, eighteen months, two years, we're going to know. We're going to have a good idea about whether it's actually impacting people, or they'll just find another way. You know, they'll find another way of earning money. Mm. Um, I mean, we're going to see an, like a decrease in, you know, kind of. Um, relevant ads or you know things a bit like you said about the camper van i guess it the result will be event we're not going to get all those adverts for camper vans all over the place all the time and i suppose you could argue then well then that's a lost sale potentially for me trying to sell my camper vans <laughs> as it were. <laughs> um but but you're right ben it's a massive industry and they'll find i don't know if they can or or, or however um or or something else will change it completely i don't know but they'll still trying to find a way to reach you know reach the people who are interested in their products which makes sense to try and do doesn't it but but i don't think it's that big a deal really because as you said like i know safari has the clients like has the people with money and and like the apple store the apps apple app store makes far more money than the google play store but mm. they're never gonna i mean most people use still chrome it's the most popular web browser on the planet google is in no rush to change their, mm. the way they do it because they're mm. an advertising company at yeah. heart. I mean, mm. they're never going to change it. So Apple is only affecting their little little section of the web. And everybody goes on about the fact that Apple's, oh, it's, they're too small to matter now. Well, we're going to find out if yeah. that's true. Yeah. But uh, but no, on the whole, I think most people, most people probably won't even implement these things. I mean, they'll be the first time they go to a website and say, oh, could you turn this off, please? They'll probably turn it off. I mean... <laughs> Because it's bound to ask them at some point. Well, there is something um, linked to that. I, I found I, look, I was looking at the WebKit blog. So WebKit is the I believe it's the engine that runs Safari. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's the sort of open source framework with, from which Safari c pulls code from, or, or actually commits a lot of code as well. Um, so I was looking on their blog, and they're talking about intelligent tracking and prevention 2.0, and they have got something in there about cookies. So it's actually going to pop up more notices to do with cookies so that yeah. uh, oh, it, it got a bit into the weeds but if I read it right if you're on your news company and there's a video on there then it's going to ask and that video wants to drop a cookie on there so it can identify you for next time it will ask you it will pop up and say would you like to accept a cookie from company x or this this domain and if you accept it then it will hold that identity for a certain period of time so if you come back to that news organization then that cookie will will run again and that's fine if you well, go if you go to another blog that you will have to be asked for that cookie again even if you've agreed yeah. to it on that site so it's site specific so let's say it's youtube I'm, i assume they're referring to youtube here if you've got a youtube embedded on one blog and uh, blog a and blog b if you agree to it on blog a that's fine they're going to allow that for 30 days um, but if you disagree or don't agree to it blog on blog b then the tracking the cookie won't be able to be dropped on there that's it now, I wonder if they're going to keep this sub the subheading on this on this pop up, because if they do, that might scare a lot of people off. It says this will allow whatever it is to track your activity. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds dodgy right away. Yeah, but people are a bit cookie blind at the moment, aren't they? I'm I, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm guessing, but I guess the general per, you know the general web user just sees so many notifications about cookies <laughs> that I think it's just become like you just click OK, you're like fine, OK. Because you don't read all those notices, you don't 
fully understand what's going on behind the scenes anyway and they're all interpreted and deployed in different ways Mm -hmm. but basically just say the same thing you just please agree to cookies that people automatically think well i need to agree to that but you're right that message is a bit uh different but i think people just be like okay 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 yes cookies yes you know kind of thing yeah and and it's the Um, difference between the cookies as well because you've got the cookies that that are dropped onto the site and they're local to that site so first party and then you've got these third party ones which is what that article's talking about where it's other domains want access to that domain's cookie or they want to be able to monitor the cookies they've dropped on that particular domain it it does all get a bit much for people and they just want to go i just want the content yeah exactly you shouldn't need to be worrying about this stuff and i suppose one thing about this for me is like it does it is a step in the right direction for me for like cookie management rather than having each individual website mm. manage the cookie deployment and all the you know all these sort of things with these you know the GDPR but more like the EU cookie law you know, the no- notices which sometimes take up half the screen. Um, it, I, I've always said that they should be on the browser side so you've got a, a you know a consistent interface. You know it's going to work because it's the browser controlling. I mean, the, ultimately, the browser does control all this this stuff. And as we've seen in this Safari update, can delete things if it wants to. Yeah. If it doesn't think they're good for you. Um, so that for me, I think you know we shouldn't be looking at websites with various implementations of cookie agreement policies. It should be, you know, it should be a thing you interact with on your browser. Yeah, to- totally agree. How, how, have, how have you fi- found all these cookie notices popping up, uh, Carl? Well, they just make me hungry. I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, 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 I don't, I've taken a few. You know, a few I've said, no, you can't have it. I mean, it depends where I go. If they're, if they're quite egregious about it and, like, they totally block the screen, mm. some story I'm trying to follow up, I go, okay, fine, I'll just go to one of the other 5,000 websites that's doing the same story. I mean, if they're quite relaxed about it i normally just accept it and go to it. I mean, mm. I, again, it's just proven to me trusted sources. I mean, yeah. I, I, if I go to some website i've never necessarily heard of and i get blasted with a four page you know you you need to allow us to have access to why i've never been here before and i'm never coming here again funny enough that happened to me i went um for some reason i can't remember i was trying to go on yahoo search the other day it's been back in time well yeah i thought you know i'll just check out the old the old haunts you know and um so I went on there, and it's been acquired by some other company. And they needed you to agree to a whole load of terms and conditions mm. and various cookies and all sorts of stuff, and some GDPR regulation things, uh, just to search. And now I'm like, do you know what? Forget it. No, I, I haven't got time. I just wanted to see, you know, how this this uh, site ranked in Yahoo. But, like, forget it. That's just too much. Mm. So uh, I didn't like that at all. So, uh, yeah, I just backed out of there and probably will never go there again. <laughs> I still remember Ask Jeeves. That was a really cool search yeah. engine. That was oh, hand. That was handwritten. Uh, you know, uh, da- data about the site. You know, with like personal recommendations. <laughs> Those are the but, days. Yeah. Well, that's how Yahoo but, started, yeah. wasn't it? Building up an actual directory of um, of listings manually. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, oh. I think that's it. We'll just have to, uh, like a lot of these things, uh, we'll just see how it washes out. Um, I don't think it will really impact us. Uh, terribly. I mean, we don't tend to uh, implement anything where we track people. Um, we do or have in the past certainly used a lot of have done remarketing, but uh, where it would use these sort of tra- this tracking to understand where people work. But actually, I was looking at a website and it was saying that um, for, for people who actually want to look at a, who do look at a product and then want to buy it later, actually that tends to happen within a 24 hour period. 
So that's where remarketing would still be allowed within that 24-hour mm. period. Um, but outside of that, it doesn't. And that only tends to affect blog sites, from, from what I was looking at, that content-driven sites where someone's talking about um, a coffee maker, for example, um, they tend to have a, a higher rate where people will come back after 24 hours. Whereas if they're looking at a product, having that product follow them around, they might buy it within 24 hours. So I, we'll, see, we'll see how that affects it. I also think it gives the advertisers an opportunity to change how they do it rather yes. than just giving all their money to some site somewhere and say, oh, yeah, we're going to show your adverts to this amount of people. And there's no, they've got no clue if they've actually done that. It could just be a load of bots. That's yeah, and often it advert. is, Carl. Often that, that's yeah, been exactly. the case and it's terrible, really. But, uh, but if they wanted to approach people who do, I don't know, YouTube videos or, or, or podcasts, then chances are they can have much more personal relationship, mm -hmm. not only with the, the person hosting, but that host with their listeners. For example, I'm I'm on Squarespace because I heard the adverts <laughs> on the Twit Network. Yep. That's the only reason I'm with Squarespace yep. is because, I mean, turns out they're, I find them perfectly okay and they've never done me wrong, so I'm with them. I use Hover because I've heard it on podcasts. Yep. Again, I mean, it's it's it, that kind of advertising worked. I mean, I used to work in the outdoor advertising field, so I used to put up bill posters and stuff like this. I can guarantee you, no one ever looked at them unless mm. we were changing them. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just, they just they, yeah, you just see them everywhere. I mean, you think about it. I, I'm not sure what it's like out where you live, but if you travel into London from outside London, you get on the train, adverts. You get off the train, adverts. You get on the escalator, adverts all the way down. You get onto the platform, adverts all along the platform. You get on the train, ad adverts all along the top of the train. You get mm. off, there's adverts, billboards, everywhere. And your brain learns to filter all of it out. Yeah. And it's the same for web pages. Yeah. No, it, it, do you think, do you think so, uh, so, that's interesting. So you're, do you think that is like a lean in the future towards more personal advertising and personal kind of links up between advertisers or sponsors and sites because it's, it's quite anonymous now isn't it yes, like you don't yeah. really know where they're going to be put it's like as you say like following someone around on all these different sites but perhaps the, yeah you need to step away from that model and just actually approach actual websites which are in affinity with your brand or, or you know your reader base or whatever or your product base um so it, it, it almost takes that anonymity away and just encourages more personal connections yeah i mean what's what kind of scares actually because you were talking on that last last show you did about the futurist who 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 was saying about how future is going to be affected i do get worried when you look at films like minority report and mm. it was scanning irises and it was given a personalized advert for that person oh like oh cole you've not bought underwear in a while Here's <laughs> but the thing is also what started to scare me in in the very latest wwdc is we saw the arrival of ar for example and we know, we just know that these companies are working on like proper goggles and things like this. You can guarantee as soon as that hits the markets and that's adopted by the general public, every billboard everywhere is going to have pop-ups on your screen saying, oh, buy the latest Big Mac from McDonald's and stuff with a mm. big display going in your entire vision. And, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. and then we're going to have to start saying, well, hang on, this is a bit intrusive, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that what advertisers always want? I, I remember when yes. um, uh, Bluetooth came to phones and um, they started being able to like, push Bluetooth messages to people. Mm -hmm. And you could buy these units, which you could theoretically have inside your store, and it would basically push out messages within a certain range. And they thought, that's what, that's what we want. As people walking past, we want to blast them with a message. But it just didn't work. People get annoyed by that sort of thing. Uh, and this is very similar. It's, they, they almost think the more we can push into a consumer's face, the more likely they are to buy. Well, 
maybe for some you can block you can sort of beat them into submission um for example you were talking about um squarespace i've heard those same adverts over and over again i remember i certainly tried out squarespace uh to do a sort of personal blog many years ago um because of that very fact so you can be sort of beaten in submission <laughs> um <laughs> by hearing the same ad although squarespace is okay you know i wasn't beaten too much um so there is some rationale as to if you can keep sending the same message over and over, eventually it'll hit you at the right time and go through. But maybe there's a limit um, into it, how, how quickly it goes through. It reminds me of that video that you linked, you sent to me earlier this week, Ben. Um, yeah, that sort yeah. of augmented reality video thing, which that's weirdly I'd already seen like about 18 months ago. But it's still, it's exactly what Carl's talking about. This horrible nightmare vision of the future where you're walking down the place and things jump off out of you because it knows you bought them before and all these sort of things. So... Yeah, scary. Yeah, I'll, I'll add the link to the show notes. It's a uh, very it's dystopian a great video. view of the, of the yes, it is. It's, it's really, really well done, though, and quite believable, too. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's enough. I think we should should wrap that up for the moment. Um, uh, in fact, moving on to sort of relatedly, I've got a podvert. Um, it wasn't actually sent in as a podvert. It was a recommendation uh, over Twitter, a sort of very glowing recommendation. So I thought, how can that not be a podvert? Um, so this is from Minx Media UK on Twitter. Um, that's a Heidi to, to those who know her. And she said, just had the best info chat with our web partner at Benkenaird of at Rather Inventive. I hate reading out ads. Um, they're not just Rather Inventive, they're really inventive. Thank you very much, Heidi. Um, you can find her website at minxmedia.co.uk or you can uh, look at the website that we're helping her with, eatsleepliveherefordshire.co.uk. Um, and if you want to get a podvert on here, you can either tweet your service or product that you like to promote by mentioning at rather inventive and the hashtag podvert, or you can just say something nice about us on Twitter and I'll find it and we'll read it out, um, whenever it comes up. So Carl, I want to know a bit more about Mac and forth. I want to know everything. <laughs> Give me the details. So ba basically how long have you been running? How did it start up? You know, what, how did you get going with it? I don't, well, well so it all happened. I mean, if you go back to podcasting, I didn't know what podcasting was until I got my first iPhone. I think it was a 3GS, I think it was. Um, I remember getting that and, and going through and, and seeing this thing for podcasts and mm. going in, and it was like sports and stuff on the main page. And then I thought one day, well, why, why wouldn't it? What's any tech stuff on there? And, and then I discovered the Twit Network, and I started mm. to listening to, to um technology podcasts and i thought this is good and then i started searching around for well, i wonder if there's any british ones <laughs> so i did discover a british one and uh, i i work from for a little bit and doing research and, and finding stories and things and after doing that and hosting a few shows i thought well i can do this myself why am i doing it for someone else so then i i got into to starting off the mac and forth it started as a blog initially mm -hmm. and i thought right now i'm gonna do a podcast and then i just got a few of my friends uh, who are all Apple users, and we started pushing out a show every week. I mean, it's basically the same format as a ton of other tech shows use. It's four guys chatting about yeah. whatever's in the news <laughs> that week. I mean, it's not the hardest thing to, to come up with. But uh, we try and we try and give it our own little twist. It's We try and keep it UK, but not I've got anything against any other countries. It's just like, as we're a British show, I try and keep predominantly British uh, from the British point of view. Because we all know, every other show has got Americans on it. Yeah. And like, I've got nothing against Americans. It's just like they have their little world over here, there, and we have our little world over here. But mm. uh, we normally get neglected on other shows. So, um, so we try and put the British point of view across. Doesn't always work, of course, because mostly, mostly it's 
aimed at us yeah. but uh, no it's just it's just to have a little bit of a discussion every week and and also i just wanted to see how difficult it was to get into podcasting at the time and it's a lot a lot easier now and it's a lot more fun now as well yeah what were you using before to um record and and host i was using uh, i started off using skype like everybody used mm-hmm. to use skype back then which ironically we're using today and then i used to used i used to record the audio with something called skype audio uh, skype audio recorder yeah, yeah. um and then it was around the same time that google hangouts came out so we started using google hangouts for a little bit and and depending on how popular these platforms got would depend how good the quality of the audio was. So if I go back and listen to my early shows, God, they're awful. <laughs> you've got some person who's really loud and booming, and you've got someone who's really scared and you can't really hear what they're saying. So, once you, so then you have to you learn how to fix issues like that, and you can get everyone level, and there's, there's tools out to do that. Uh, and then you just, once you get past the basics which isn't that hard. You can start focusing on, on having a, a fun discussion every week about whatever topics come up and, mm. and, and try and grow the brand, so to speak. I mean, I'm not very good at that because I'm quite introvert. So I, <laughs> I wish I was an extrovert. I could go out and pump my brand everywhere, but I'm, I'm not, unfortunately. But uh, it's, it's just good. And the good thing about podcasts, although it won't make you rich or anything like that, it has. I've met so many interesting people because of podcasting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I met, I met you, Ben, for, for oh, starters. You. So, you know, you can't, you can't have everything. But <laughs> <laughs> I retract that. Thank you. And <laughs> we'll just edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but everybody else I know, virtually, um, I, know, I know through podcasting. It's, yeah. it's an amazing little world once you get into it. Yeah, again, that's a, a good community as well. Um, I remember going, uh, I think it was the night after I came up for an, a beer and we went out for curry in the East End. Uh, oddly, to a place I used to go to when I used to live in London. Was it the Standard, I think it's called? Is it? um, Standard of Brick Lane, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly the same one that uh, I was taken to by the guys I was, um, I was taken there by the guys I was living with at the time. Um, so that was really good. But afterwards, it was the podcast, London Podcast Festival. But uh, lots of people there, very good. Um, we watched uh, a lot of a lot of different podcasts, including one about called the Beef and Dairy Network, which is just bizarre. Um, I'll let, let people look that one up. Um, <laughs> but it's really yeah, a really nice community, and it's it's one of the reasons I want to start a podcast is is because I listen to so many, and I just felt like this is this is something I want to do. I like I quite like standing up and talking in front of people. And the good thing about podcasting is, um, like, you obviously deal with a lot of businesses, Ben, and I, and I think a lot of businesses could use podcasting in a way that they're not even thinking about. For example, oh, believe me, I want them to. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, because on. all all they need is someone within the company to have a bit of bit of character and to go out and find stories, find things that they're proud of, yeah. find things that their company's done, and. It doesn't have to be an indefinite podcast. They could just do 10 shows if they mm-hmm. want, and yeah. they're done. Yeah. And then they could share them on their website, or they could share a link. And, of course, YouTube also plays a part now. I think if, you, if you're a business and, and you haven't got a YouTube um, video basically detailing what you do, you can make <laughs> dynamic, exciting videos now, and, and everything's there. There's no excuse for a company nowadays to be living in the dark ages from a digital point of view. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. I think I think the biggest hurdle that people need to overcome is the fear of it being, of it not being received well. I think that's the biggest thing mm. I've come across that people just aren't aren't sure about how people are going to think about it. They want their business to be represented professionally, and their their 
concerned that they're not going to come across that well. I understand that. But usually when people are starting out, no one's looking. So actually, it's the best time to go and experiment with this stuff. I remember when we started this podcast, we had no idea what to call it. But I knew that we just needed to start. And eventually, um, we would work out what the format is. We'd get more comfortable with it. We'd come up with a name, which I think we came up with fairly quickly and have stuck with it. Um, but I know that we needed to start. The next, the next step is to maybe incorporate some video in, uh, in, into this podcast or something else. But it's just to take it step by step. But uh, it's that starting. You've just got to start. Mm. The worst thing you can do is not do it. I think if you just start, you don't need to put it online if it's that bad. But you can yep. at least record it, do it, and experiment. The other hosts are Dean and Alan. And actually Steve, who I met, he was at the Connected meetup that we went to. So yeah, it's great. It's really nice listening to them. And now I, I feel as if I know them quite well. Even though I haven't met Dean and Alan, I, I feel you know they're sort of friends, if you will, that I, I'm, that I listen to every week. And I think... That is where podcasts work. They're, they're something where you can, be, you can be part of the conversation that's going on with these other people. You feel quite connected to them. And I think that's, that's, that's something you've got right in your podcast, like many others. Um, I just want to touch on how are you funded? How do you, how do you pay for it all? <laughs> well, I was told in the past by someone, I'm not going to mention who, but it, 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 oh, you need all these things. You need like professional mics. You need professional studios. And, and you don't. You don't need anything. You, you could get by doing a podcast on zero expenses. There are services out there now that would not cost you a penny if you just want. You have to dig through a little bit. You have to know a little bit of how podcasts are put together. But for a little bit extra, there are now companies like Libsyn and mm. Pod. Podbean, I think I'm not sure, but you pay them a little bit amount amount of money, and they do the heavy lifting, and you literally just use them as a content management system. So you basically just upload your audio, upload a graphic, upload a description, press press publish, and that's it. Um, you also, you always have to go through the initial bit where you get because if you want to be on the Apple uh, podcasting uh, library, that is, you've got to go in yeah. and you've got to say hello, Apple. This is me. This is my show. Here's the RSS feed, which is what these other companies give you they give you an rss feed which you just copy and paste into apple with your name the show description and cover art and then apple takes about 24 hours and they say yep you're in or on your bike because yeah. we don't like the cover art or it's something usually like. the cover art isn't it it's not big <laughs> it enough it needs, it needs to be ten thousand pixels wide <laughs> yeah. just in case it is yeah. yes <laughs> But uh, yeah, once you're done there, uh, you're in. And then every time you post to one of these shows, uh, sorry, one of your shows to one of these services, it automatically gets fed through the entire planet. Anyone that can have access normally to some RSS feed from these podcasting apps, mm. uh, they can get your show. They have the that's a potential customer or listener or, or someone who is reaching out because they they've come searching. So you know, keywords play kind of an important uh, factor here but also just word of mouth and and going on other shows and and finding other people to talk about it uh, and advertising but not in your face advertising yeah. just gentle advertising and and not, uh, you know people out there looking to be entertained we want to be entertained more and more podcasting has come on leaps and bounds i still think now if i was doing it again i'd probably get into to something like youtube but youtube is video and that's a lot harder to it do is. that's a lot mm. more work um you know, if you can do it, it's great. But podcasting is literally, you can record into your phone and you can push it out within moments. It's so immediate and it's so wonderful. And, and like I say, if anyone out there is not utilizing um, audio in some way to describe things that they've worked on, if they're not under NDAs or anything like that, 
then they they're, they're they're foolish they should they should mm. be taking up this opportunity to 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 just have links on their sites to to this story and and maybe future customers could come along and listen to what your company provided for someone else and say oh, oh i like the sound of that they're quite good and then maybe interact with them i just i just think it's a wasted opportunity that yeah. podcast is not using this fashion everyone just thinks of cereal or you know things like that and yeah and just the big, and big ones yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and podcasting. Me and I mean, my, me and my friend, we converted one of his books to an audio play, and we're going to put that out twelve as twelve episodes as oh, a podcast. Really? Were you were you um, on it? Were you, or were you just helping with the technical side? I no, I, I helped. I helped him adapt it to a, to a screenplay because mm-hmm. my old writing stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to play a character on it. It's just oh, nice. a nightmare getting it done. But uh, I mean, yeah, I've done I've done shows in the past where I've done a. a, a a, a Christmas pantomime as a, as a podcast, but you know, for a special one off, but it's limitless. What oh, you no, you do. haven't. Oh, <laughs> yes, too, I too late. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I want to, I want to hear those. Um, I will, uh, yeah, I'll get the links off you afterwards and post them if that's okay. I'd like to okay. listen to that. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the benefits we've had from doing a podcast and we are doing it, I, we're doing it, uh, it's like selfishness that I want, I want to do, but also I found that out of it is we have generated blog posts out of it because I find it much easier to talk than I do to write. So therefore, if I can just talk with Al, someone to talk to, hopefully not talk over too much, um, we can generate a blog post, we can generate tons of links, we can hopefully pull some key bits out of advice. So that's really useful for us. But you, you mentioned about interviews. I think interviews can not only be useful for the business to learn more about their customers or potential customers, because you can actually use it as a way in to get to talk to someone you wouldn't normally have access to. Hey, can I interview you, potential customer? Yeah, sure, because you're not approaching from a sales point of view. Um, but in doing so, they're going to find out a bit more about you going through that process, and they're going to give you more information that could be useful. Um, but also, when, when you interview people, they like to share it. So you're going to get more um, exposure for your website. So it's very beneficial, definitely. Um, just to finish off a, a little bit about you, Carl, you also, you've got a couple of other podcasts I'm aware of. There may be more. One's called Airways and Here and There. I don't know if, um, how, you're, how you're doing with those. What, can you just tell us a little bit about those? Well, here, here so um, Airwaves is, we talk about media, so basically movies and TV shows and things like that. That's on a bit of hiatus at the moment. It's coming back, so apparently we're meant to be recording the next one this coming Sunday, Ooh. but we was also meant to be recording it last Sunday, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, and the other one is just here and there, which I haven't done for a long time now, and I used to do that with a, 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 a lady called Missy from yeah. the States, and we just... <laughs> We just have fun on that one. That was a totally nonsensical show, and that's where the pantomime came from. That ah, one on that right. show as well. Okay. So, uh, but it, it, like I say, any sorry, I look forward to yeah. I'll I'll <laughs> look forward to the pantomime one. That's fine. But like I say, anything. I mean, you can if if you're um, a Sunday football league player, you can do a, a podcast about your league. Okay, your audience might be quite limited, but you can do it. There's no limit to anything you want to talk about. No, there's no rule book. The only thing you can't do, obviously, is slander people, you know, or libel. Well, I like, forget what yeah, one it is. Yeah. Uh, but you can't do things like that. But uh, anything you can do, anything you can think of, any interest you've got, it's just something you have to be passionate about or, or you wish to develop, you can make a podcast out of it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I think the biggest hurdle to it is just getting people to listen to podcasts. With video... If they see a link, they can either see a little inline version of the video or play it locally, um, and they're immediately getting some visual feedback and understanding what's going on. 
you unfortunately don't get that with a podcast, which I think is its beauty and benefit because podcasts can be so intimate and you can listen to them wherever you are. Video is so difficult to do that. There's so often I'll I'll be listening to a podcast and someone um, mentions a video and then I'll go and look at it. Well, I'm I'm out walking the dog. It's just not it's not the right time to to do that, and it's not convenient. Actually, if it's a, another bit of audio, you could feed it into that podcast, or um, you could listen to it later much more easily. So there is a real benefit to podcasts. I just I, I'm forever trying to get people to try them and, and move to podcasts because there's tons of free information for people out there, yeah. um, and and it's it can be you can listen to them at, at sort of potentially dead points of the day, like if you're driving or if you're doing a chore or something like that. So. There's a benefit. So we've got to start a campaign to get more people to listen to them, I think, Carl. Start podding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we can catch you on uh, your website's macandforth.com. Yep. And you are Claw0101 on Twitter. Where did that That's come me. from? <laughs> <laughs> so I used to play a game back in my old role-playing days. Uh, I used to play a game called Shadowrun, and Claw oh. was my character back then. And of course, you know, when you when you... <laughs> When Twitter came along, however many years ago it was, it's oh, I'll just use him. <laughs> I just use that name, and of course, Claw was gone. So Claw O One was gone. I thought, oh, damn this! So I thought O One O One. There you go. That's free. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, like the old days of the internet, where you type in your preferred name, and they just slip lots of numbers on the end of it, and that's what you're given. Yes. Um, cool. Well, uh, I'll I'll put those in the show notes. Just before we finish off. Uh, I just want to highlight a, a blog by Lou that was posted recently, in fact, today, I think. So, in fact, that'll be a couple of days back for people listening to it when it goes out. Uh, and any time in the future, I have no idea when people are going to listen to it. Um, but it's about, uh, it's a blog called Three Reasons Your Website is Repelling Your Customers. And I'll just read a quick quote from it. A fast website is a sign of a professional and reliable enterprise. And having to wait longer than 10 seconds means a site is unworthy of our, of our attention. I would actually say, even if people have to wait half that time before they get anything meaningful displaying on the site, that's going to put them off. Um, and if anyone wants to, you know, you should read the article. Uh, and there's a link to a great tool called Pingdom on there. Uh, it's the Pingdom speed test tool. And that will tell you how fast your website is in real terms. There are many other website speed checkers that give you it in milliseconds. But actually, Pingdom it feels like a real-world test. It gives you the time, compares you to other, a few other websites and tells you what you can do to speed it up and improve your Google score on there. So definitely worth doing. Um, well, I think we're going to finish. Matt, um, Carl, do you have anything else to add? Um, no, that's, that's, that's it. That's it, really. I mean, just try out. If, if you've never heard that many podcasts, just go into either the, Go the new Google one that's about to start or the mm. Apple podcasting app and just search out something you're interested in. And I can guarantee you you'll find a podcast that someone's done about that topic somewhere in history it's it's an amazing format yeah it's lovely um and out anything from you no i, I haven't really said I've, I've just been out doing the shopping i've just only got back <laughs> in um so that yeah that's been quite handy <laughs> sorry I just something about podcasts at the end <laughs> no no i've just been listening it's been really interesting i haven't really had much much to add so i've just been i've just been uh, part of the audience i think this week but there we are <laughs> That's one thing about podcasters. We we hate silences. So if you, we always fill them, we feel the necessity to fill the quiet. That's the problem. It's very difficult with Ben. He's he's very quick to uh, to reply. So you ha yes, there's only only about I think half maybe half a millisecond. You've got to be able to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had to learn. 
to be calm and collected <laughs> when I'm doing this because I will jump in and fill spaces. You're quite right. We, when we had, when we did use to use video, we used to just pull our hands up, didn't we, to say, "Oh, oh, over here, I've got something." <laughs> but I'll be talking away, and I'll be putting his hand up, going, "I'm ready to, talk. Me, I'm ready to me, talk." me, me, And then it would have gone, and then it's like, "Oh, well, you know, never mind. Next time." <laughs> Well, in order to fill the silence that is inevitably going to happen at the end of this podcast, I should sign off. Um, so if you want to find the show notes for this episode, which is number 26, you can go to ratherinventive.com slash podcast. Um, you can find Al on Twitter at um, Inventive Al. I'm at Bank and Ed and Carl is at Claw0101. Um, the sponsor this month was ticked-off.com. Go there, sign up for a free trial and enjoy the lovely marketing tick list that it is. And if you want two months um, additional time, just let me know. Somehow you can email hello at Rather Inventive or find some other means. And if you want to be part of the show, you want to come on like Carl, you've got something interesting to say, um, or you've got some questions that you want us to answer, just tweet at Rather Inventive or email us hello at ratherinventive.com. Thank you very much, Carl, for coming on. Look forward to hearing your next podcast. And thanks everyone else for listening.